Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, and welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look back on the events of last night's NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT 2.0, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, we have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week completes with our bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review NXT 2.0, and the hits just keep on coming, don't they, brother? What an absolutely fantastic show this has matured into. Oh. I mean, for Christ's sake, it's a bit. It's the uh, the enjoyment of the show is so goddamn ironic, but like, I just adore the process behind it, the mentality behind it, how that manifests on screen in the most bizarre and hilarious, inadvertently of ways like the hits, as you say, they just keep coming. They've got this green as grass roster (laughs) and they are basically going full new generation with it. It's like, right, you're a big guy. How can we make you more interesting with out? It doesn't matter that it (laughs) makes no sense to do your thing in a pro wrestling or even a sports entertainment context. You're big. You need a randomly generated name, and you need a gimmick. Yeah. And I thought, oh, we've had Mafia Guy, we've had Prospective Superhero, we've got Woke Guy. <laughs> and I thought, all right, okay, well, the bloom's going to come off the rules eventually because there are only so many people that you can debut at once. And now we've got a professional poker player. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know what the NXT salaries are. You're better off not taking bumps and just playing poker to earn your money. And you've got 2021 Deacon Batista in the crowd as well. Oh, God, and what's going on with him? The Unfollow new spree? The new Brock Lesnar. <laughs> we're going to shit his head and make him look like Snitsky. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Let's get into it because there is, oh, there's a lot to discuss. This was not, I'll tell you what, for a split second, just before we, I know I'm jumping ahead here, but you know that bit where like two thirds of the way through the show and they put the vignette from Tony in the uh, on the street and at the docks, and I was like, "Don't you fucking dare!" I for a split, you buy that I, for a split second. Thought, "Oh no, they're just airing another vignette," and then they were just like, "No, don't worry, he's coming next." And that's when I reckon two million people probably have tuned in. I think the viewing figures are going to go six hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. What's that? Tony D'Angelo was on next. We're going to a break. Everyone in America just nah bollocks. Don't care what else is on. Don't care. Screw you, Tucker Carlson. Boom. Because Tony's here and he demands eyeballs. It'll be funny. Tucker Carlson's probably cancelling his show so he can watch this. 
It's right up his street. I just love the the Joe Casey thing where it's like understanding or whatever it is, tolerance, and they're like, "Yep, those are those are what we wanted to see behind a heel in this promotion." And what was it you said? A peace sign he's got on his Tron. Yeah, what I love about it, in case I miss it, I'll bring it up now. So the whole idea is Joe Gacy is playing a current kind of liberal. Bloody liberal. Bloody eh? liberal. So the idea is he is using the uh, the vernacular of the day that a lot of old white guys who are in charge of this promotion now despise, and they are using it as a vehicle to... Get it all out of their system. <laughs> but what I love about it is that, you know, the 55-year-old median viewer of NXT probably has heard words like woke and save space and is alienated. I don't know what this is. Symbolize to me what this is. Oh, he's a hippie because <laughs> they've got the peace sign on his Tron. <laughs> and the thing is, it sort of personifies how they feel about this because they don't... They're not necessarily upset about people who are tolerant or understanding. They look at them and they go, they're sneaky little bastards, aren't they? They've got some sort of conspiracy going on here. That's what they want to do. Yeah, we'll he- personified by a, a moment in that match. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk definitely about get it. to it. Uh, the show opens, though, with a recap of what happened at the uh, end of last week's show with Raquel Gonzalez retaining that NXT Women's Championship and then Toxic Attraction getting involved. And then we start... Uh, the night with Mandy Rose in action against Ember Moon. The moment I realized she was against Ember Moon, it was just like, cool. So this is Oni Lorcan and all the other guys where they're like, right, well, you're not really part of this show anymore, but you might as well be a warm body that we can pin here. Poor Ember Moon in the midst of all this. Uh, actually, she got she got in control quite early on the match. She puts Mandy Rose in the tree of woe in the corner, but... JC Jane and Gigi Dolene are there. They help her out of the ring, and that responds, uh, gets a response from Ember Moo, who dives through the ropes onto those two. As she's coming back into the Rose cuts her off, hits a reverse suplex, gets a near fall. Moon, though, fights back, gets a code breaker off the middle rope, gets a near fall from that, goes up top to get the eclipse, uh, but Rose uh, dodges it, nails her with that knee strike of hers. One, two, three. We can all see where this is going, I suppose. Absolutely, and we get there in the end of the show. Um, this was fine, competent. Mandy Rose is not the worst blonde, obvious hire they've ever had. Mm. Like, she's impressed to a degree in bursts during her sort of unfocused TV time era, which covers most of the main roster. <laughs> Look, they didn't expose her. She's not going to put on a match of the year candidate. And at four minutes, mercifully, there's very little else to say. Let's move on to the bollocks. Um, I did like the fact that this is this wacky show with, like you say, with mafia guys and poker players and love and romance all over the place and just colours and ah, And then they have to go, well, welcome to NXT. What a start to the show that was. Beth, how was the home invasion on Friday night? Brilliant transition. She's like, well, I'll say, say this. Adam's going to handle it. Whoa, oh, real names. Uh, quick word on the fundamentals on that first match. Great fundamentals. <laughs> uh, they mention Hit Row being drafted to SmackDown and what you know big news that is. Um, but they talked about the fact that Santos Escobar still wants that North American championship and we get a vignette from Legado Del Fantasma talking about how Hit Row have been saved by being drafted to SmackDown. Uh, Electra Lopez says she shot B-Fab up in that 
match, uh, if you can call it that, last week. And uh, Santos tells Swerve to be a man and face him with the title on the line. We get a response to that a little bit later on, and we move on to Odyssey Jones versus L.A. Knight. I had fun with this. It was very clear, defined characters, obviously. Um, Odyssey Jones, massive bloke, but the baby face and all this. So LA Knight, LA Knight starts off by just getting out there, ducking underneath, using his quickness uh, to get out of the way, and then just slapping him as hard as he possibly can. Jones obviously fires up, responds. He splashes Knight in the corner. He chucks him around like an empty tracksuit, in the word of Adam, Adam Nicholas. Uh, Knight gets out of the ring. Jones chases after him. Uh, but Knight trips Jones, sends him into the middle turn. Muckle wants their back in the ring. Uh, he hits an elbow drop off the ropes, covers him, and gets a one count because Odyssey Jones is made of sterner stuff. Um, Knight is kicking him, punching him, trying to keep him down. But Jones gets back up, and as Knight goes for a body slam, the weight just causes LA Knight to collapse underneath it. Uh, Jones hits a knee to the gut. He looks like he's in control. Got this match one when Andre Chase hops up on the apron to distract him. Out of nowhere, LA Knight hits his finisher on Odyssey Jones, who gets his foot under the rope. But Andre Chase screws Odyssey Jones, pushing it back underneath before the referee can see it. And LA Knight gets the one, two, three. I mean, Boiler played WWE stuff in terms of the finish and the transition into the other feud, um, all of which keeps LA Knight theoretically heated for the next thing that he does, which is going to put over a greenhorn again. I had a lot of fun with LA Knight's big daft slapstick bumping. Mm. They told the only logical story they could tell. It was fine. Cheers to us. Uh, <laughs> back, I mean, I mean, backstage, oh. Mackenzie Mitchell interviews. Yeah, Uh, He talks about all the love and romance, as I mentioned, that's going on in NXT, and he's on a search to find a lucky lady. I mean, if Trey Baxter can, I mean, I don't can, basically. (laughs) (laughs) In storyline, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke. Uh, Anyway, here comes the most charismatic man in all of NXT, Pete Dunne. He says, there's not a woman alive who'd want to be with you. (laughs) He said, I'm the baddest man in NXT. Things are changing round here. But Grimes isn't listening, understandably. And uh, Don promises to beat Grimes in the ring tonight, but Grimes just just wandered off and started chatting up some women instead. Brilliant. It's good stuff, this. I'm a big fan of the story development in which... Cameron Grimes, baby! To the poon! (laughs) It's going to be class. It's going to be hilarious. Then again, then again. Dexter Loomis was a bit of a, as we say in Newcastle Gateshead region... Bit of a poor vote. Yes. An absolute poor vote. And it was a <laughs> bit uh, not on some of the things he was doing. Because he never knew for sure that he had Indy Hartwell's consent to, like, massage your body and stuff. And, you know, it's real dog and the lads. I, I'm talking myself out of this being some good, clean fun. Well, here's what I was going to ask you about it. Is this going to be a, a morality tale of... Uh, you know, Cameron, I know you've, you're the, one of the wealthiest men in all of WWE, but in reality, it's about what's inside that counts. It doesn't even matter what you look like. If you're a good person, if you're a, a kind person, if you've got the right morals, then, you know, any guy can get any girl, any girl can get any guy. Or do you think he's just going to throw money at the problem and they're going to go, oh, yeah, what do you want? It's going to be a light one, isn't it? Well, I hope not, but this is NXT. Do you trust NXT... To do love stuff correctly. 
Um, I'm just check the record. No. <laughs> Love, consent, correct ages. I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about all that. Hey, baby, you want to go back to my place? Uh, no. I've got loads of money. Oh, okay, then. That's the story. That's what it's going to be. And we're going to have a damn good time doing it. Um, Not really. Uh, backstage with cool Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Best mates, of course. Um, <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly walks up to Von Wagner. I love this. He asks him why he's helped him for the last couple of weeks. And for no apparent reason, Von Wagner says, Von Wagner does this. Oh, he talks in the third person for no apparent reason. He said, he said, Von Wagner doesn't like certain people, but Von Wagner likes Kyle O'Reilly because he's got hearts. And Kyle O'Reilly says, well, the past year I've had, oh, I don't trust anyone. Leave me alone. Walks away. The acting here was absolutely phenomenal. Why and did, what I mean by that was Why rubbish. did he talk in the third person? No, they just want you to, they think you're thick, man. They just want you to know that he's going to be a big star. He's a featured guy on the show, and you are to remember his name. The best way in which we can remind you of his name is for himself to say it. The acting was terrible. Like, Von Wagner is like early man in terms of how he communicates that blank face. Von Wagner has made fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much true. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly has heart. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, you speak the big true true. That's what he's saying. Like, Von Wagner is legitimately like early man. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Like... Come on, it's NXT two point oh. Can they not like make him a Tarzan guy? Ooh, yeah, I like that. Please do another great character we could see coming our way. Well, something like, big. Yeah, before we move on, I need to bury Wagner more a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> like they've this is so quintessentially WWE. Like you can't act, you can't emote. Like he really seems like a void of a human being. Like not trying to be harsh, but like he doesn't seem like the brightest, most animated charismatic guy and yet oh, big so yeah it's main event WrestleMania <laughs> that's all it's, you need it's class uh, out comes NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa for a promo and he announced that Halloween Havoc is coming back October 26th I need to interject Halloween Havoc's are back on the menu boys can you remember what Tommaso Ciampa said at the initial NXT Halloween Havoc he wasn't happy was he I hated it Thought it was rubbish, he thought it was goofy, he thought it was lame, he thought that NXT needed to get serious again. He personified everything that was wrong with NXT. Yeah, and he, in response, had a feud and then a partnership with, like, proper bloke, serious bloke, Timothy Thatcher. And now he's the master of ceremonies. Halloween Havoc's back on the menu, boys! <laughs> loving it. He's absolutely loving Halloween Havoc. Like, might, might be, like, dressing up and all that. Oh, I hope so. He, uh, he said he needs an opponent for it. Uh, there's one man in particular who says he's not a patient man. He wants to be the flag bearer of NXT. But Champa says actions speak louder than words. And he says who's got the walls to take the NXT title from him. Out comes Braun Breaker in his street clothes. Somehow looked even better than when he normally wears that epic singlet. He comes out and says, look, I've shown nothing but respect for you, Tommaso Champa." I don't care. I don't give a damn if I've been here four minutes, four weeks, or four months. I want to be the new NXT champion. He says, I've got the biggest walls in the NXT locker room and uh, give the fans what they want, effectively. Braun versus Champa for the title at Halloween Havoc. Champa responds by saying the difference between him and Breaker is that Breaker wants the NXT title, but Champa, he needs it. And he told Breaker, look, you got three weeks to go from an intern to a PhD. He accepts the challenge 
pushing past Breaker as he walks out of the ring. What an epic match we've got set for a few weeks' time. I mean, nothing on the show could be classified as epic for a start, but it's a big match by NXT 2.0 <laughs> standards. And look, if they've done nothing else, if they've done nothing else that is even vaguely competent in terms of completely shredding their recruitment model and going back to the days when everything subsequently died four years later. That's the best thing about this show. It's the gift that keeps on giving. As funny as it is now, it's going to be even funnier when all of this fails on the main roster. Like, we've got years of this. It's great. It's like the novelty that will not die. Yeah. What a wonderful development. Um, but if they've done now else, like, Breaker's got the aggression, he's got the composure, he's got that animated fire about him like he's class and this was another great segment involving him i got a bit of um i'm not sure if you've noticed this i got a bit of like steiner brothers energy yeah, from him. yeah. I, don't, I don't know where he's getting that from but must be something in the breaker family lineage maybe yeah uh, anyway joe gacy oh, christ backstage he says uh well social media crashed oh that's right wwe you've got the finger on the button don't you had worry two people take credit for this yep he said, while social media crashed, he knew one platform that won't crash. And that's NXT 2.0. <laughs> I see the rating, man. He says he's going to use the ring as a safe space. He said, conflict can be resolved peacefully. And yes, there can be two winners. No, there can't. That's WWE, so there always is. <laughs> and then, oh, it's just, honestly, it's like, oh, and then you get this treat, and then you get... Indy Hartwell, we thought there might be a second week of Honeymoon. None of that. This week, she's walking backstage with Persia Parotta, her best mate, of course. Uh, literally, this scene starts. We got back from Safe Space, you know, Captain Woke over there, to Indy Hartwell saying, yeah, it's bloody doable, but the sand gets bloody everywhere. In your veg. That's what you meant. Oh, I ju- okay. I'm just trying to, like, if the subtext is a little bit too hidden. Yeah. For the listenership to grasp, I'm just going to um, expand on it, mm. articulate it. Uh, she said there's no Dexter this week after she's asked about it by Persia. She said, I wore him out. Yeah, he got boinked too hard. <laughs> they went through two packets. Well, the tip of his cack is so red raw that he has to ice it at home. And it was sheathed as well because they went through two packets of Johnny's <laughs> to cover his cack. And it's still... So red, raw, sensitive, and painful that you can't wrestle this week. I'm bloody wrestling. It looks like a bloody pepper army. Um, so she says, well, what do you reckon? Seven? Eight? What was he? And uh, Indy Hartwell says, 9.5. 9.5 inch cack? <laughs> yeah, then if that wasn't like, the sort of the air is, like uh, presumably a, a rating out of 10, let's just say, right? Seven, eight, 9.5. But the insinuation there is, talking about Zadie's cack. But in what case was you, the thing that it was there was no insinuation. Well, no, in case you didn't get that, Persia said, What are they? His measurements of his cack, basically. But there was no like bit to lead into the innuendo. There's no there's no singly of the double entendre. Yeah, she literally went, We went through two bloody pickets, and Persia went, What was he? Seven? Eight? What's that question? Where did this come from? Oh, because we can get a cack measurement. That's what we get into. Anyway. It's just I thought it was allowed. Like, at least say, oh, we had a lovely breakfast. Had a kielbasa. Where's she from? I don't know. breakfast. Had a partner, a lovely breakfast. I can't do accents. Oh, we had a lovely... (laughs) 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 She didn't even say I had a lovely breakfast. She's Queen Elizabeth over here. (laughs) Didn't even say I had a lovely breakfast. Had a big kielbasa. (laughs) How big was the kielbasa? It was about (laughs) 9.5. Like, she's talking about his cack. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. She goes, holy bloody smokes, because there is smoke. 
Uh, it's coming from, from underneath this door, which they open up, and in there is Mia Ying and Boa doing, well, sex stuff, probably, considering what's going on on this show. And uh, Boa yells at them to get out. And Koji goes, oh, that was freaky. And uh, Indy Hartwell goes, oh, see, freaky. Oh, and literally pulls my face Two weeks ago when I was getting shagged. <laughs> There's an apple five-inch cag. We've got some brilliant booking as well we need to get to later on for this. So we'll leave it there. Yes. Uh, and move on to, I was thinking about Japanese Strong Style. And then I was thinking, what about Japanese Style Strong? Ikemenjiro's there. Brilliant. He's facing Joe Gacy. Uh, the match starts, of course, with Joe Gacy offering a handshake. Jiro accepts it. Um, he comes off the ropes and he goes for like a shoulder tackle or something and doesn't quite knock Gacy down. And he goes, come on, do it again. You can do it, sort of thing. It's so surreal, this. So I mentioned this thing earlier about him being a sneaky bastard. See, he's not actually a nice guy. All these liberals who are trying to do nice stuff, they're just trying to, I don't know, bring down the government and start Marxism, but also capitalism and socialism all at the same time or something. See, because what he does is he offers the handshake again during the match. Ikem and Jiro takes it, and he uses that to whip Jiro into the corner, lays in some punches, hits him with a suplex. Jiro fights back, though, using his jacket powers. Uh, he uses his jacket to nail him with some fists, uh, Ikemenjiro hits a really nice hurricane runner off the top, but misses the knee strike, and Gacy hits that. I mean, I do like his finish, that hand sp- handstand clothesline off the ropes. He nails him with that for the victory, and post-match, he lifts Ikemenjiro to his feet, gives him a hug, and, uh, well, very quickly, your thoughts on the match, and then we'll talk about what happened afterwards here. Indeed. Um, I'm an idiot. Um, I was hitting myself this morning for not picking up last week on what they were going to do this week. And what they did this week was expose Joe Gacy as performatively woke. The whole idea is that the right are like such dicks, (laughs) such empathy devoid dicks that they can't possibly see that people might just not like things that are like unjust. And we have to be performatively woke so that we can get points. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I get where, you, where you're aiming at here. They're saying, basically, like, for example, at the moment, there's this, I think it's some sort of stimulus package going through the Senate, right? And they're like, $3.7 billion, right? And they want to give it to, so you can have ch- childcare for people, or people who can't get into college can go and do that, or they can build better infrastructure or whatever. And all the all the Republicans are like, what do you really want this for? And it's like, no, 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 we want it just for this. And you're like, mm, no one's that nice. Like you say, they want to they just take them down a peg or two. Yeah, they all think it's performative woke. What's the goddamn word I'm looking for? But basically, they just want to look good, mm. even though they aren't good on the inside, so as to appear like better people. Mm. Anyway, never mind all that, because post-match, as I said, he, he helps Ikem into his feet, he hugs him, he walks to the back, he's waving, and then he looks up in the stands, and there is Harland, the former Parker Boudreaux, the next Brock Lesnar. He's got a shaved head, he's got a, a sleeveless vest on, and he's got this just non-ex- non-expression, expressionless, that's the word I'm looking for, expressionless face just staring at Joe Gacy, who just sort of looks at him and then walks to the back. Harlan's going to be a big guy in this NXT 2.0, isn't he? Yeah, he's going to be gigantic. Um, this was weird, but I've said before, like I, I'm captivated by this guy's weird energy anyway. He's like an Instagram influencer who follows like several thousand accounts. 
I get the feeling he's a weird guy, and to their credit, they've recognized <laughs> this guy's weird, so let's shave his head and make him look weird. I expect him to be Casey's muscle. There was an interaction on the ramp, but of course, where he was taken aback at the presence of Haaland and then had a little smile to himself. So I think he's the muscle, and he might even make it a triple threat match, which we'll Ooh. get to later. Yes, Um it's been a period of time here in the UK where it's been table service whenever you go to the pub, understandably, for this pandemic. And uh, there's been the odd occasion where you order a pint, especially when it's your first pint. You're like, oh, I never want giddy. this to end, by the way. You order a pint, and not only do you get that pint, but they accidentally put your order through tries, don't charge you for it, and you get two pints. You're like, can this day get any better? Well, we got Cora Jade, the skateboarder, Little promo, followed immediately by Duke Bloody Hudson, the professional bloody poker player. He says, it's all about bloody mind games, this show, you know. This this, this game, all, all it is, he, he, I can play with your mind. I've already bloody won. He says, uh, come and play in Duke's poker room. And they've got a graphic and stuff for it. He says, there's, there's no bloody discrimination with money here, mate. All, all money's good because I'm going to take it all anyway. And there's a clip of this guy going, oh, bloody hell, you got a queen or whatever on poker, I don't know. Uh, he says, whether it's in the ring or at the table, I'm winning. Amazing. All we need is Shane Thorne in NXT 2.0 now, and the new gimmick that he's got, and it will be perfect. I mean, I love this. Like, they never... <laughs> Don't take bumps if you're very good at earning a packet through professional poker. <laughs> like, why be a... Re- like, it's... We've... Uh, for years and years and years, even in WWE's own canon on like retrospective talking heads when they're talking about the Attitude Era, their favorite thing to do is to bury the new generation because it creates this narrative that it's even more impressive because it was an underdog story against WCW, etc., etc. And you get like the Miz going, <laughs> Juice Rossi, what's that about? We needed like, you know, The Rock and Steve Austin. It's like, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So they've buried what they did and now they are doing it again. It's fantastic. Just don't take bumps. It's that easy. I can't wait for the cowboy. There'll be a cowboy next. There's going to be some kind of army man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be the entire village people, basically. Yeah, there's going to... And Oh, my God. Don't say that out loud if Bruce Pritchard catches wind of that. He loves some gay slurs. Oh, no. There's going to be, like, an admin assistant. <laughs> an IT guy. Oh, yeah, hacker. You can bring back the hacker stuff. It's been ages. It's fantastic, this. I love it. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be 
big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash whatculture. Well, next, we got uh, Cora Jade in a match, Sige. Before we even get into this, she skates boards down to the ring. When I say she skates boards down to the ring, she stands on a skateboard, pushes it for about 10 yards, then stands up and runs around the ring with it. Now, I've seen Darby Allen ride his skateboard from the top of the ramp all the way down, even the really long ramps we've seen on AEW, and even like around the ring occasionally. I've also seen Chris Jericho use it for about the same distance as Cora Jade and thought, well, he can't ride a skateboard, because look at him. Can she ride a skateboard? Can the skateboarding wrestler ride a skateboard? Well, that's the funny thing here. The answer's obviously no. It's funny you mentioned Chris Jericho, because he did it as like a heel taunt. Yes. It's a bit, so he got on the skateboard, did his best Johnny Ace, and went, whoa, to take the piss. It's the witch's hat, but all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> she skates as well as Chris Jericho taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Man. That's what I really God, like about it. I love it so much. That's what I love about skateboarders is how they push their skateboard for a second and then walk around it with their under their arm. They just love walking around with it under their arm. It's just mint, man. I, I just love, love, love. I'm head over heels in love with their absolutely pathetic attempts to crack the youth market here. We need to get that demo up. What are kids like? then John Laurinaitis has a flashback to an act that didn't get over. Skateboards, bro. And they gave her the theme of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, basically, as well. It's phenomenal. This show is phenomenal. So, unfortunately, we didn't get the match we were promised, the one we were all looking forward to against Virginia Perry, because she got attacked by Frankie Monet before the match could even start, and... And uh, Robert Stone's there, and he yells about the fact that Frankie Monet is going to replace her, and uh, Cora Jade is going to face someone she's not prepared for. She beat her. She beat Frankie Monet. Uh, yes, Frankie Monet was in control. She was hitting knee lifts left, right, and center. But Trey Baxter, almost like a what's the word I'm looking for? Superhero, I suppose. Uh, comes down to the ring, supports his girlfriend. She does miss a splash in the corner, but Monet cuts her off, and then he spears her. And it looks like Monet's got the match when she picks her up for that Halls of Valhalla finisher. But roll up from Cora Jade. One, two, three. She's not as crap as her boyfriend. Honestly, this match is radical. <laughs> I just love it, man. I love it so much. Like, did uh, Frankie Monet sign a contract to have this match? Is Robert Stone an authority figure? Or do things just happen that makes no sense because Vince McMahon's 76 years old? I'm going to go with the second yeah, option. Yeah, it's awesome. The show rules. 
So MSK, uh, they put their... Uh, did they say, like, how much has this match changed in the week that we talked about it last? We sat here and went, so it's a four-on-four match, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came here yesterday. We were like, it's either a four-on-four match or now it might be a fatal four-way. We turn up on last night's show and it's a fatal four-way for the titles that's now become an elimination match. It's Vince. Yes. This is, that's class. We're getting... Three plus two plus seven hours of Vince every week. It's great. Ambassador, you are spoiling us. Yeah, MSK get asked about this match. Uh, the grizzled young veterans come in and go, oh, typical, you're trying to get out of, you know, defending your titles against us by making it this big fatal four-way. So they suggest it's an elimination-style match. Income, Briggs, and Jensen, one of them, I can't, I don't know which one it was, his gimmick is turn your cap backwards. Like, he did it not just here, but as part of the entrance as, like, a, where's the gimmick? <laughs> Turn the cap round. Uh, so they're all getting ready for the fight. And they're not only doing the 90s, the early 90s in 2021. They are getting it wrong again. So, yeah, he turns the cap round and goes, real, wow, wait. And then they get into a big brawl backstage, basically. Hey, let's fight. Huh. Those fighting words. <laughs> Exactly the, sh- what it was. the show is the best show of all time. Uh, Champ is getting interviewed uh, about Bron Breaker accepting his challenge. Uh, and he says, look, Bron is a blue chipper. He's going to face a certified champion, though, at Halloween Havoc. In comes Joe Gacy, though. And he says, uh, couldn't help but notice that balls comment earlier. Bit toxic energy, that, isn't it? Hmm. And he says, look, I'm speaking for people. Uh, who are struggling to be heard. Almost like a, I don't know, voice of the voiceless, I suppose <laughs> you could say. Um, he'd love to be included for an opportunity at the NXT Championship. And uh, Champa says, look, if you can beat me next week, you'll be added to the match at Halloween Havoc. And Gacy, as he has been doing, goes for the hug and Champa puts his hand on his chest, stops him and says, hey, the ring won't be a safe space for you next week. I can take most of this total bollocks in my stride because it's simply too transparent and, like, irrelevant to get truly offended by. Like, oh, they're taking the piss out of the wall, or whatever. It's like, I don't care. Like, you could probably uh, guess at my political sensibilities at this point simply by listening to this podcast. But when I see this on TV, I, I don't get outraged. I don't give a toss. It's NXT 2.0. It's the show that no one gives a toss about, and it's funnier for it. I did get a little bit knocked and pissed off by Gacy's insinuation that this felt like them taking the piss out of people being concerned that people are transphobic. There's just nothing to worry about, and it's a joke. Yeah. Like, piss off. Like, it's a horrendous issue for that community, and... This will not help that one bit. And this is the one moment of the show where I thought this gimmick can literally just fuck off. It's your relative at Christmas saying, you can't even say this anymore. And it's it, occasionally it's a like, hor- yes. horrendous slur. And occasionally it's stuff that they've just made up. Like you can't even say, uh, you know, a word that everyone still uses. No, they've banned you from saying it. No, they haven't. You've just said it. Yeah, this dog whistle transphobia can absolutely piss off. I hated this bit. Uh, we got a relic next from the old NXT. Remember those days? It does feel like it was in black and white compared to this because it was <laughs> Cameron Grimes versus Pete Dunne. And yeah, it's Pete Dunne versus Cameron Grimes. It's 
the best one-on-one match we got on this show. Uh, Grimes starts off in control. Dunn cuts him off, though, with a clothesline and just goes for joint manipulation. He's contorting the arm. Uh, he's stomping on Grimes' elbow. He's bending it around the ropes and kicking him in the shoulder and all that. Grimes, though, fights back. He hits a diving clothesline in the corner, hits a crossbody, gets a two-count. Dunn fights back, kicks him in the head, goes for the submission. Grimes, though, avoids it, rolls out, flips over Dunn, hits a German suplex. He gets a near fall. They're going back and forth, uh, and at one point, Dunn gets pulled out of the ring by Ridge Bloody Holland, who's, of course, there. O'Reilly, though, has got issues with these two. He flies in to attack Ridge Holland and, and even up the numbers advantage at ringside. They brawl. O'Reilly gets hoyed over the announce table. In amongst all this, um, Dunn's gone back in the ring. Grimes has gone after him. He goes, I think, for the cave-in, but he just gets... Uh, Slammed onto the top rope, basically, after Dunn dodges out of the way. Dunn hits the bitter end. One, two, three. O'Reilly comes in straight away, though. Jumps Dunn. Uh, but he and Ridge Holland immediately take him out. And uh, Ridge Holland holds O'Reilly up for a body slam. Dunn kicks him in the head and he finishes him off. What did you think of all this? Unironic. Great fun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, my God. The gulf. In quality between what these two lads did in a not even fantastic match that will be like remembered for quite some time. It was just a short, really well worked TV match, but my God, the contrast, the gulf is an absolute acre between the other performers being pushed on this show. And it's like, it's weird. It reminds me of like when the late 2000s into the early 2010s when he watched a WWE pay-per-view and he saw CM Punk or Daniel Bryan on it and he was like, Jesus Christ, why can't it be more like this? Yeah. And it kind of got there, but it didn't in that sort of uneasy like conflict between the people and management like drove the yes movement, blah, 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 blah. This is like that, but one has replaced the other. <laughs> it's, like, it's completely in reverse. Um wild stuff like yeah these two are great but it doesn't matter that they're great no in real in reality it didn't even didn't even matter back then either <laughs> post match we see uh, von wagner coming down to help kyle o'reilly more on them in a little bit we get hit row uh, responding to legado del fantasma uh, they talk about money 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 uh, B-Fab says, next time, Electra, I'm not going to be so nice. And Swerve accepts Escobar's match uh, for the North American Championship for next week's show. But never mind all that bollocks. Tony D'Angelo is up next. Malik Blades is, is his opponent, and he makes his entrance. No one cares. Um, because it's time for Tony D'Angelo to make his debut. Okay, how on earth, Michael Sidgwick, did we not pick... Him trying to bribe the referee before the start of the match. Absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely. Yeah, you ain't seen that. Thank you for having to warm me, yeah? Hey, make yourself something nice. <laughs> Gotta see a big thumb. Uh, I'm annoyed with this. We should have played the game. We Just if you didn't listen to the preview yesterday, we played a game trying to guess the name of his finisher. Which didn't um, have a name yet. Didn't have a name yet, which is pissing me off. Uh, entrance theme and what's your thing? Like, it's the <laughs> one, like, prop or catchphrase or whatever... Wilborn got it half right mm. because he thought he was going to give his felled opponent some money to get so something nice, courtesy of Big Tone. In fact, he did use money, so I'm going to give you a point. Well, I'm going to give you a point yeah. as well because we're talking about his entrance theme, and it wasn't surprisingly a version of, hey, Mickey, you're so far, and you're so far, and you're blowing my mind, hey, Mickey, with 
Tony replacing Miki, but it was, as Michael Sidgwick suggested, basically an Italian, you know, mafia TV show theme with a, I think it was a harpsichord. A harpsichord. I thought it would be like the cello and the acoustic, but they actually went with the harpsichord. It was an Italian cliche of a sting. Um, so I said it was either going to be that or the Jimmy Hart version of the Sopranos theme. So I'll give myself half a point. Yeah, I think that's fair. Why didn't we pick his gear? Of course, he was going to wrestle in a wife beater in Valua. And a velvet, yeah, a velvet tracksuit. This is the best debut I've ever seen in NXT. Yeah, not by some distance. It's perfect, right? Because not only, we were so nervous. I think it's why this is the reason why we're heaping so much praise on this, is we've had so much fun with this in the opening few weeks. And this was make or break time in terms of, like, if this goes wrong, and uh, let's be honest, he wasn't perfect, or, you know, the he was still he had a bit of touch of grass about him in terms of the greenness. But... <laughs> But he wasn't downright terrible, and you go, you go, oh, well, he's done. You know, he's just, he's just a thing. He and not only that, but the other thing we were worried about is he's going to come out and do the old, oh, Tony, crickets, not that. My God, this NXT crowd absolutely loved him straight away. He's captured, reaction. he's captured the imagination of America. He comes out, he does. It's just going to sound bad, but the little, it's an audio podcast. He does the Italian hand gesture, basically. He's going, hey, hey, oh, hey. He, uh, he hit a shoulder tackle early, and I was, I genuinely thought, oh, my God, he's going to do the, hey, I'm walking here gimmick. It's still time. It's, keep that. Yeah, right. There's a bit where he does a little little slap to his opponent's face. Uh, he gets one of the, at one point, he gets him in a headlock, front headlock, just nails him with some punches to the gut, which feels very sort of Soprano-esque in terms of just like cheap shots to some. Well, we just watched their feature Lamana this morning. Indeed. <laughs> More of that sort of thing in NXT. So uh, he, he's in control, but Blade fights back, hits a splash in the corner, gets a crossbody off the top, gets a near fall off of it. And then Tony comes back into his element, okay? Because uh, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's a bit shook against his opponent. Backs off into the corner. He's begging off. Hey, 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 give me a break. We're pals, we're pals. <laughs> hey, you fucking sucker. Slams his fucking face right into the turnbuckle. And he goes, how you doing now, pal? You're done. Right? He might as well have said, you're finished uh, in this town. Because he gets in belly-to-belly suplex, uh, northern light suplex, uh, very awkward transition, twisting fisherman's buster. One, two, three. Huge pop. Pops the hat back on. And tells everyone that these wise guys got it coming to him. I mean, this is phenomenal. He said, huh? Eh? Yeah? After everything. Literally, uh, everything he did. <laughs> it was great. And I'm not being funny. Like, we're taking the piss with a lot of this. But, like, he at least knew to organically play off the crowd. He might not be allowed to do that next week because he's going to be playing a heel. But he was buzzing that people were into this. And he's going, hey! Give me some! Uh, give me some of that big donut. The nicest thing, I'm, I'm going to... Unfortunately, in my analysis of his performance, I'm going to have to break his balls. Right. Yeah, you got to break his balls. Baby. Yeah, you got to break some balls. Uh, he's, you know uh, what they say? You can't make an omelet without breaking balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's green. Yeah, the guy's, yeah. as, guy's as green as uh, the money he makes in the waste management. Hey, hey, hey. Um... There was a moment where, like, he'd hit a move and he froze. Yeah, like, he, his, oh. eyes, his eyes gave him away for me. Yeah, it's like, oh, what am I doing next? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know any... It took him about seconds, but he got there in the end. I can tell that he has an amateur background. Do you know why? Why? Because a lot of this is really boring. <laughs> but he can cinch in a hold. 
I'm, I'm grasping at he straws. Got the fundamentals. He got the fundamentals. Like a lot of it's boring. Like I, he looks like he could kick your ass. He can cinch in a hold. I, there's a core appeal to what he does. Um, a lot of it was boring, and a lot of the times he got lost. But there's scope for improvement. Do you want to know how I want to see him improve, Wilborn? Go on. I want him to fire up like Feechler Manor in The Sopranos. If a, if a wrestler, like, you know when... This ah, is too cool for NXT to do, but you know when, like, Ishii or someone like that will start just, like, putting their foot on the opponent's... When they're on their knees and they put their phone, uh, feet on the opponent's head. Mm, like the back of the of, neck. Like the back of the neck and sort of... What's the word I'm looking for here? Where they kind of just dismiss them. Like a grating... It's like you're grating you the heel on the back of the person's head or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, get out of my sight. It's really dismissive, like toying with them like they're nothing. And I want Tony D'Angelo to like fire and go, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm wrestling. Off, eh? <laughs> and then Tony D'Angelo in response will go, You want me to fuck off, huh? How about I fuck off all over your stupid fucking face? Let's go full Fitch. Fitch ruled. He's only in for five episodes. You want edgy? You got edgy. Well, this is it. Mm. And the great thing about this is not just this best, uh, best uh, NXT debut ever. He's getting into other parts of the show. We'll talk more about him in a second. But also, we cut backstage to Carmelo Hayes and Trip Williams. And Carmelo Hayes literally says the words, forget about it. <laughs> Good. More of that. Uh, when he, they talk about the tag team title match. And Trip makes us, and makes us aware that they are about it, about it. So that's good to know. And he talks about the fact he hasn't cashed, even cashed in this breakout title contract. And I went, cool. So you're not winning the tag titles then. Uh, then we got, oh, oh, oh my God. I keep... I keep like, they're like the chocolates at Christmas. And you go, there's another layer under here. NXT 2.0 is absolutely tantric. Because <laughs> it was time for the newlywed versus the thousand-year-old dragon lady. <laughs> the, newly the newlywed versus the should be dead, huh? <laughs> and as you pointed out, time for some 50-50 in. <laughs> yes! She did a headlock, which was hilarious enough, and then she got 50 50 Right, so Indy, you know... Is a good wrestler, but she's getting out outpowered by this thing, whatever they, they're describing me as now. Uh, gets kicked in the gut. Uh, she gets shot into the ropes. Stoke, this meeting will not go down. Uh, they go to the outside. Hartwell gets thrown into the turnbuckle, but Persia Barata's there. She distracts Meeing. That allows Hartwell to post her and uh, get Meeing back in the ring. Springboard elbow. One, two, three. I'm happy for Indy Hartwell, but yeah, they don't care about this character anymore, do they? Phenomenal. Like, I once, Wilborn, um, did a joke that was meant to be a exaggerated takedown of how WWE just ruins everyone <laughs> and how no one gets over. And I wrote, are you familiar with um, the works of H.P. Lovecraft? Yes. Like the old ones, these um, skyscraping doom horn biggers. Like I said, they would 50-50 Cthulhu. That's, <laughs> just what, that's just what they would do. They would get this skyscraping colossus and just make him look like an asshole. They've effectively almost done this in the case of this poor dragon lady. 
She's had two matches under the gimmick, and she's got a 50-50 record. Like, they 50 50 like an ancient presence who was trained by an actual mythical dragon and who appears to have some kind of supernatural powers mm -hmm. or presence, and they have 50 50 to one of my favorite moments in the match, right? Because, like, the dragon lady's like five foot odd. <laughs> They did the spot that the certain if you watch wrestling long enough, you'll know every single one. Like if you're a big guy, right, and the baby face has to get the advantage against you, you um lurk in the corner, duck at the last minute, dodge at the last second, and they hit the post or shoulder into the air turnbuckle. If they charge at you in the ring, you do the low bridge and mm -hmm. the fly out of the ring. Or when they're charging at you outside of the ring, you duck and use their momentum because you don't have the strength to do it yourself, you use their momentum to sidestep, push them into the post, and then you can do an aerial. Like, these are all tropes in big man, little man matches. Like, the dragon lady's five foot, <laughs> and Indy Hartwell posted her. It's like, just pick her up. She's obviously rubbish. Pick her up and powerbomb her. Also, we suggested that we thought the finish of this when this match was going on was... Me ying Miss Indy Hartwell in the face, and she goes, Bloody hell, I feel like I'm back on bloody honeymoon all over. <laughs> right, last legend. Uh, she's talking about her show the previous week. A little bit of a shot at AEW in amongst all this. She said, uh, Next week she's going to spill some hot tea that will make the Urban Meyer story seem tame. Now, we weren't really aware of this over in the UK. But he is, I believe, a coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know their association with the Khans, who run AEW, of course. It, whatever. It seems a, a bit of a pot shot in that direction. Regardless, who cares? Because here's Tony D'Angelo. Uh, he wants to be a part of next week's show, huh? Which means they're going to do another huge rating, if that's the case. Um, Lash uh, accepts. She seems interested. She mentions the Sopranos for some reason. Don't know what that is. And she says... She was the one who took Facebook and Instagram down. Second reference. I love that, man. I absolutely love it. The short rules. Um, another good bit now, genuinely good bit, because Malcolm Bivins talking up his wrestlers is great. Yeah, he's awesome. It's Malcolm Bivins. More of this guy, please. Get him on the main roster. Uh, he puts everyone over. He puts Hashiman over. Talks about how special he is. How many accolades he's got. He's got more. He's got more championships than Brady, and he'll beat his ass. He says. Uh, talks about Ivy Nile. She says she's half human, half pitbull. She's got the green light to knock out every single woman in NXT. They reference her being great at Titan Games, of course. Uh, now she's training with Diamond Mine. She's better than ever. He says that the Creed brothers are his favorites. He's not the only one nope. who's in love with them. Uh, he runs through their strengths. They boast about just losing count of how many wins they've got. And then, of course, he concludes talking about Cruiserweight champion Roderick Strong, who uh, says that the group has taken him to new heights. I thought this was really impressive in terms of putting this over for any new viewers who've tuned in because of Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the coolest, wittiest that Diamond Mine have ever looked mm -hmm. in NXT, this. Um, if this is the form going forward, we've got, like... Two earnestly good things about NXT 2.0. Bron Breaker and Diamond Mine. Well, I got very excited at the end of this show when the tag champs got jumped because I was like, oh my God, we're getting MSK versus... Oh, it's not Creed Brothers, it's Imperium. Again? Um, yeah. Well, we get Raquel Gonzalez to come out. She's furious. She was shown pacing backstage earlier on. She says, uh, look, we've been making headlines. 
She says, uh, Mandy, is your hair dye seeping into your head? She says, you've been dominating NXT. You smoke down here, She says the title makes her the best in the women's division uh, and in the best women's division in the world. And she says, if Mandy touches her title again, the only thing she's going to be posing for is a body cast. Because this brings out toxic attraction. Mandy Rose says, look, I used to admire you, Gonzalez, but now you're just, you're just coming off as desperate. You know your title reign is about to come to an end. Toxic attraction. We're taking over. Gidoline says, we are championship material, and you can't stop but look in awe of us. And Gonzalez comes back and says, the only thing I'm looking in awe at is those stitches I put in your head last week. Gidoline's furious at this. Um, JC Jane gets on the mic. She says, oh, I see we can add jealousy to being desperate as well for you. She says, look, we're all over Raw and SmackDown. We are the faces of NXT 2.0. Oh. And soon we're going to be holding all the gold in the women's division because they're not just toxic attraction. They're the attraction. Yeah, they love that line delivery. And well, I just feel that in the game. Oh, nailed it. Oh. Uh, they circle the ring. It looks oh, I've got Charlotte saying, oh, you know, have in you? the house. Just Brilliant. It's class, man. Oh! Um, they circle the ring, uh, and technically Raquel Gonzalez can bail, but then she looks like a bit of a chicken. Sh- so what have you? She stays there. She squares them up. But then inside the tag team champions, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai and uh, Toxic Traction bail to presumably set up some sort of six-man down the line. Well, Thank you. Soon. Thank you. I mean, what did you think of all this? I mean, it was uh, kind of rubbish. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not... Uh, it's rubbish. Um... Gigi Dolin, in particular, can't act. <laughs> like her bulging eye delivery, her attempts to be intimidating are simply not convincing at all. Um, like she flubs the odd line. I'm a professional podcaster, which is a weird thing to say out loud, but it's the truth. Yeah. I stumble on my words quite a lot. I collect my thoughts. I'm not one to judge is what I'm trying to arrive mm. at in my customary scenic route. So bury me for it. Because I'm going to bury her, like, she'll f- stumble on her words, like, to the point where you stare at us and, oh, it's like, come on, it's practice. <laughs> like, if I practiced all this, I'd be awesome. Yeah. But I'm speaking off the cuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, backstage off af- after this, by the way, we had uh, Gonzalez, Stark, and Shirai, Io uh, Shirai again saying, I don't like you, but I like those guys even less, so I suppose we're a team. Uh, in comes Persia Parada and Indy Hartwell. They still want that tag team title match that was mentioned a while back. Raquel Gonzalez walks off and EO reminds Indy that this team beat her and her mate uh, for the tag team titles. But Persia says, yeah, yeah, but now there's new blood. And EO says, look, the only gold you're going to have on is the rings in your ears and uh, the jewellery that you're wearing already. And she walks off and Zoe Stock sort of apologises for her. So, yeah, developments with tag titles and and you know, toxic attraction have already fought with the tag title, so I suppose we need to move this along a bit. Yeah, or could just go back in time and not have them lose. Yeah. Although well, they'll, they'll, people forget about that on my next Yeah, one. of course. Uh, also, in the midst of all this, uh, Kyle O'Reilly's icing his shoulder. Von Wagner walks up to him and says, look, whether you like it or not, I'm the only one who's got your back, and next week we're taking on Pete Dunne and Ridge Bloody Holland. Uh, Best mates. I love the subtext of this. Whether you like it or not, I don't call left a greener pasture, so <laughs> <laughs> you kind of stuck with me, brother. 
Right, main event time. It is the NXT tag titles on the line. Grizzly Young Veterans, uh, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are all challenging MSK for those tag titles. And we get glimpses of the brilliance that we can see between the likes of Grizzly Young Veterans and MSK. Zach Gibson and Wesley starting things off really good back and forth between them. Uh, Lee jumping onto Gibson's shoulders, rolling him up, counters, flips everywhere. Um, and the uh, two... Tag champs come in at one point and just kick Gibson and give him a double stomp to the back as well. So Carmelo Hayes comes in as Gibson's just desperately trying to get out of there. He comes in, takes it to Carter. There's a springboard sling blade. In comes Trick Williams. They hit a double clothesline. They hit a double team bulldog. Um, in the midst of all this, it sort of breaks down. And Josh Briggs invites Lee into the ring Tells him, go over the top rope. So he flips over the top rope onto uh, Carmelo and to Trick Williams. MSK, uh, get them back in there, hit their double team neck breaker. And Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams are eliminated. Again, more mad flippy bollocks in here. Aerial dynamics, shooting star press, covers. Gibson, though, pulls out his partner, um, James Drake. Carter goes up top, comes off that, takes them both out. He rolls Drake in, goes after him, but uh, Gibson grabs his boot. That allows Drake to recover. Carter comes in, gets hit with the ticket to Mayhem. It looks like they're about to eliminate and pin the tag team champions. But Zach Gibson hasn't realized that in the midst of all this, Briggs has got the tag. He is the legal man. Gibson is devastated. He turns around, gets hit with the chokeslam powerbomb combo thing, and uh, Briggs and Jemson eliminate the grizzled young veterans. It's down to the two tag teams. Uh, they allow the tag team champs to recover, and then they go at it. You get hit with a big boot, Wesley. Uh, Briggs nails him with that. Jensen hits him with a Russian uh, leg sweep on the side at the same time. They, they're they battering Wesley. They hit him with a double choke slam. He hits a huge crossbody uh, car, this is, to the floor, taking out Jensen. In the midst of all this, as it looks like there may be new tag champs crowned, Wesley victory rolls Briggs, and they get the one, two, three. They retain the titles. Jensen and Briggs post-match are devastated, but they pick up the titles and hand them to the rightful champs. They leave, and as they're leaving, in comes Imperium to jump MSK. Uh, Jensen and Woods came in, chase off the heels, and the show goes off the air. A really enjoyable main event, just not exactly excited for the next direction for these tag titles. Jesus Christ, MSK versus Imperium again. Like, what are they thinking? I know what they're thinking. They're thinking, we want to strap up the goddamn... Um, what the called? Creed Brothers? Creed Brothers. But not yet. Why not? <laughs> Tell them to do a best of seven. It's got to be more... Like, I'd rather watch the Creed Brothers work 100 matches and you'd still feel like, oh, well, yeah, Imperium, Imperium are still like more overexposed than this. So that was annoying. And it makes no sense from a narrative perspective if you want to be boring about it as well because they've been cleanly defeated. Was it clean? Who cares? Nothing's vivid yeah, on this show. It was, I don't remember them ever it's, having anything to protest. Whereas like Grizzly Young Veterans have got a legitimate beef again. Like they had the tag titles, tag champs beaten and the only thing that stopped them was some other bloke tagging in. So I suppose the GYV can go off with Briggs and Jensen for a bit and I just want to get back to, I do eventually want the Cree Brothers to win the tag titles but I just want to get back to MSK versus Grizzly Young Veterans because they put on the best tag match in NXT this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to see MSK versus Creed Brothers. I think that'd be awesome. Um, either direction, any direction is better than what we got at the end of this, yeah. which soured my experience. of what was a fun match, a lot of fast moves happen. Like MSK are perfect. Yeah, MSK rule. They rule like the snapshot of said awesome tag match. 
revisited it was very very cool of course it was it was hard to get bored by any of this but it was hard to be like really jazzed about it either um zach gibson's face is great mm. like a really good little spot that um yeah it was fun it was fine another epic week for the best wrestling show on the planet i mean he's a poker player man like it's so good the show is awesome like i'm desperate to do the preview next week of what can we expect from Holland? Like <laughs> genuinely, like earnestly, yeah. ironically, but I'd rather feel alive ironically than dead earnestly. Exactly. It'd be very interesting if we still did this on Thursdays with the Wednesday Night War, whether you would be able to like take your head off for your adoration for the great stuff that we see on AEW Dynamite and consider, I think it'd be a lot closer. I think some weeks you'd go, yeah, yeah, I mean, we had some great matches on AEW Dynamite, but the, Poker player and the skateboarder were on this show, so I think I'm gonna vote for NXT. It'd be fascinating if we brought that vote back. But the show rules. Unfortunately, there's only one winner, and that's uh, NXT. Well, actually, Vince McMahon is the real winner of all this because it's his ideal show. One would assume bright colours, very little wrestling, and people who do other jobs as wrestlers as well as a part time. It's just the best. I couldn't imagine. I knew. From October 2, 2019, how this is going to go. I saw the first match of NXT in the closing angle of AEW Dynamite, and I thought, that's each promotion's philosophy distilled. Mm -hmm. One was reactionary, sudden, load, hot shot. Alone, hot shot. The other, boom, we've got the next six months of storylines tied up. They literally, on Dynamite, episode one, set up a match, Loads of great matches, promos and angles in between for March 2021, right? A, uh, NXT did their biggest, if one of, if not the biggest match in the first quarter hour. <laughs> I knew that the good guys were going to win this one. I didn't know the, the joyous landslide that it would have brought about. And a sea change that brought us the greatest NXT debut ever. Sorry, Kevin Owens. But yeah, Kevin Owens is good, but he wasn't wearing a velvet tracksuit. No, and that's the that's the difference maker, kids. There you have it. Let us know your thoughts on NXT Dubai. Oh, on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Well, actually, they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at um, Sidgwick. Yeah. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. You schmucks. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Let me get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts. Me and Sidge back later on today to look ahead to the anniversary episode of AEW Dynamite. But for now, this has been the NXT 2.0 review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.